Welcome everyone. Good day. To breakfast for dinner. With Sarah the Human. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being here today. You know what that's from? Princess Diaries. Good job, I'm proud of you. I'm the quote master. I'm yeah. trying to think of other Princess Diaries quotes. Stop trying to make fetch happen. No, babe. What? You, you know that's from Mean Girls. <laughs> Shut up. I beg your pardon. Shut I up. I beg your pardon. That's a great film, by the way. Oh, the best. Hello, dog. Arrow is like in my lap right now. I just don't want his little jangle jangle. He disrupts literally every podcast. So I'm kind of tired of it, you know? That jingle jangle. That jingle jangle. Go lay down. Good boy. All right, roll over. Good boy. <laughs> Backflip. Good. Good job. <laughs> Go get a beer. <laughs> Good. Now close the fridge. Wow. Solve this Rubik's Cube. Wow, that was so fast. Good boy. Okay. Well, we had a good morning. We woke up at 530. Yeah, you woke up. That's true. And you were pretty fresh and you were like, good morning. Well. What did you say? You were like, you ready to go to the living room? <laughs> yeah. You ready no. to well, I like to wake you up because, for the most part, you're never upset that I wake you up. No, I like to wake up. At 5.30 every day is probably our ideal time to get up. Earlier the better for me. Five? Well, there's on days where I am i can't sleep, and I wake up at like 3.30, and I'm just like, you know, fuck it, I'm up. Best mornings. Really? Yeah. I would say no earlier than five. Like, I, I am maybe with age... I'm 30 now, so maybe when I'm getting more into my 30s, it'll be different. But if I only got like five hours of sleep that night, I'm going to be fine. I just have time to like read and then write and then I can play some video games in the, in the morning and still have enough time to like write and then go work out and then get everything I needed to get done before work. Yeah, it's the best. I wish days were longer in general. Yeah. Do you feel that or are you more like a I don't know. I would say they're exactly the right size. Mmm. <laughs> You think the days are perfect, perfectly... Yeah, I like the length. 24 hours in a day. What about life lifespan? Lifespan, I could use a little bit more years, I would say. What's your ideal lifespan? Well, I've been enjoying, enjoying life a lot more lately. Right. But ask me when I'm 80, you know? Maybe I won't I know. feel that way. That's the thing. It's hard to know. Because I think my ideal is 100,000 years. A hundred thousand. Uh-huh. I'm thinking like two hundred. Two hundred <laughs> years? Yeah. Or two hundred thousand? Two hundred years. Yeah, that's lame. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just think that's with like... That's your opinion. I'm <laughs> just kidding. It's not lame. Yeah, I just think with how long it takes to master certain things, like I want to make movies, that's going to take me like 50 years. And then I'll be like, great. Maybe I want to do something else. I want to be an architect now go to school and all that. I wish I had that freedom, but you can only do like that two, maybe three times. Right. Four if you're like an optimized superman human or something. Well, maybe there'll be an afterlife. Yeah, where maybe. Where you can. Yeah, I, yeah, maybe. So what would an ideal afterlife situation look like for you? Just this again. Just this again, really? Yeah. That's interesting. That's why I'm kind of like scared. I think this kind of is a good segue into our topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that's ignorant of me because I think on a day-to-day, how I live and 
my well-being and my happiness or my enjoyability or that balance of pain and joy, I could probably be higher. Mm-hmm. Like operate at a higher frequency. Right, right. And that does make me think of our first full mushroom trip in Joshua Tree. Yeah. Because I was having bigger swings of my lows and my highs. And I don't know if I would want to live that way, impermanence or not. That's really hard to say. Should we tell the story of... We should, but I want to say I struggle to believe that there'll be this, the dark lows that you had in an afterlife. There could be. We'll talk about it, but I think that's why... You're that, scared of it? No, I think I was going to say that experience was so valuable to me, partly because of the low. Mm, like the high wouldn't have been as good if you didn't have that no. low. No, it's like when you come up for air. That makes after sense. After being underwater, it's like, <gasps> that, that fucking breath feels so good. However, I had just pure high. Yeah. And I'd say it's pretty freaking great. Like, I don't yeah. think that... Like, you wouldn't trade your experience for mine. No, I mean, I had one like yours later, which we can get God to. God damn, did you ever. <laughs> but um, Way worse than mine. Yeah, um, but I think that we were experiencing the same level of high when you got to that level. I don't think that you... Yes, I do think that's true. Because you had gone through the darkness. No. Now we're experiencing a stronger high. I wasn't a higher high, high than y'all. We say high, we're not... We, are, we are, are talking about actual being high on mushrooms. Right. But our high is just like our flow state of consciousness was at max peace. Connectivity. At max connectivity, yeah. Max joy, just like going through life and experiencing whatever was right there so like purely and beautifully 100 percent presence yeah so present in the moment it felt like nothing could disrupt my being so if you tell me like really bad news i would just be like okay you yeah. know not in an unhealthy way no, either you, yeah you would not take in like that a, i'm fine it, it was yeah. just like all right you Even know if there's something sad it'd be like that's very sad and i'm gonna sit in that Yes. But okay. Nothing sad was really happening. Anyways. So we should tell the story. Okay. Let's back up a little bit. Skirt. <laughs> I was talking to a friend and she had also grown up religious and she's like in her 50s and she gave me this phrase. She said, sometimes I think I grew up backwards because later in her life she started exploring with drugs and sex and Things that you do when you're in your teens. Right. And when you're in college. And I related to that so much because when I was in my teens and in college, I was basically a very goody two-shoes type kid. All right. So drinking, pot, sex, what all did you experience when you were in high school? First time I ever drank was summer before my freshman year in college. First time I drank was summer before... My eighth grade year. Yeah, that's more like it. That's that's more like drinking. It. I was proficient in, but the other things didn't have sex till I was in college. Proficient in drinking. That reminds me of proficient in Microsoft Excel. Yeah, should I put that on my resume? <laughs> you really should. Honestly, I get you in the boys club. A lot of jobs. Yeah, probably actually. <laughs> if I had a, a, a male 
recruiter. The macho, hyper-masculine manager, hiring manager, they'd be like, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> happy so hours? True. We have sick happy hours. This guy is proficient in drinking. Hey, check this out. Proficient in Microsoft Office and drinking. <laughs> I kind of want to test that out. Just, like, apply to some jobs with that on your resume and see if anyone yeah. mentions it and if it gives you a leg up. It actually, I do think that's an accolade. And a, uh, um, I do think that's, that's there's something there. Because I'm not saying I'm a drunk. I'm really good at drinking. Like, I'm really good at moderation. And I can, like, be in a party setting and have a couple beers and I'm not going to be ridiculous. And then if people want to turn up, I can get to that level, too. You are perfect at it. I'm truly. really good at that. You are. Wow, and I never also knew you that as a skill. are great at hangovers the next day. Like, you have a whole system. You chug water before bed. You pop in, like, three ibuprofens. Which is, you're not supposed to do that, apparently. It's really bad for your liver. Okay, we're not giving medical advice. <laughs> we're just uh, telling what you do. Yeah. All right, this is too much of a bunny rabbit trail. Is that, a, is that what it's called? Bunny rabbit trail? Bunny rabbit that trail. That is so cute. Well, I think it's called a rabbit trail, but I just added bunny rabbit. I love that. Because it's cuter. Okay. So high school, we're talking about drugs and stuff. Yes. Long story short is late in my 20s has been my exploration years where yeah. I'm like, oh, didn't ever try weed. I didn't try weed till I was like, what, 25, 26? Yeah. We watched The Matrix, I think. First time you smoked. What was it? No, we watched that movie what with Taylor it? McKay. Yeah, but what was the movie? It was that movie with James Franco, The Room. The Room? Oh my god, you're right. That's what I watched. That's a trip. That was a trip. Oh, but remember that other time I got high? It was maybe my second time ever. I got really high, and we were in our studio apartment. And Katie and Rio called us. Oh my god. And so I'm like yeah. super Our high. friends called us and they were like just like, they had to tell us something like that happened to them. To them. Yeah. I don't know. This isn't a very interesting story. But basically I'm just trying to be normal so bad on the phone. Yeah. And I was cracking up. They were like, hey, how's it going? I was like, good. Didn't they call it out? <laughs> no, they never called it out. But at the very end of the conversation, I was like... Guys, I'm really high, and I just start cracking <laughs> up, and then they were laughing because they're like, "You were laughing a lot," Ugh. but I laugh a lot anyway, so it's extra when I'm high. I got really blazed the other day, and my buddy called me, who I haven't uh, caught up with in a long time. He, I was just like, "Oh hey," and he like immediately was like, "What's wrong with your voice?" It's like, dude, we haven't hung out in like a year. How did you tell? I was just like, "I'm pretty high." <laughs> You always think no one can tell, especially me when you're high. Yeah, and there yeah. have been a few times where I haven't been able to tell. Yeah, I've snuck, I, I, as an exercise, I was like, I'm going to see if she can notice. But usually it's when you're like a schmidge high, you know, yeah, you're not. If I'm blazed, it's game over. Yeah, but you, even when you're blazed, you like kind of think I can't tell sometimes. No, I get, I, I get paranoid. I'm like the opposite. I'm like, she thinks I'm so high and ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Another, that was another rabbit trail. Bunny rabbit trail. All of this to say. BRT. Stupid. <laughs> BRT? Funny rabbit trail? No, that's not a thing. BRT. Oh, stop trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> um, so my late 20s, I got interested in mushrooms. I kept hearing that they're also a really good source for healing trauma. And if you are interested in that, 
go look it up. Psychedelic trauma healing. It's not for everyone. Not saying this is like everyone should do this. But for me, I was very interested in this method. And also I was interested in just trying some drugs. <laughs> yeah. Because I just want to try it, you know? Drugs. And then you got interested as well. And we did it together for the first time in Joshua Tree. Yeah, I'd done like a half dose before that. That's true. Which, yeah. But then it wasn't a full experience. Yeah, the dosing. So we did 3.5 or 3 grams. I'm not sure. 3.5. Three point five grams. Yeah, because okay. that's that's a what's known as a full dose is three and a half grams. So we did it right, where we rented a house in Joshua Tree with two of our friends. Classic. One of our friends was going to do the trip with us, and then one of our friends, the other friend, was going to babysit us. And before I took the mushrooms, what they are is they're just dried mushrooms. Like, yeah, this particular. It kind of looks like seaweed or something. Yeah, it looks gross and tastes like grass. Yeah. And you just eat them. You guys put them in a sandwich, right? I think we put it on pizza. Or she put it on pizza. I think I just gobbled mine down. Yeah, I just ate them raw. But before the trip, I got so much anxiety because I was just so nervous what was going to happen. Yeah, me too. I was and fucking nervous. I had heard a lot of things about this. I had heard that you usually either have a fully positive experience or you have something called an ego death trip where you go on this journey of like experiencing a lot of darkness and then you have a turning point where it gets good again. Right. And I am, you know, just so self-critical. I'm like, I'm definitely going to have an ego death trip. Which you didn't want. I did not want. Obviously. Who wants that? Sounds so scary. You want it? You're raising your hand. <laughs> did you want that before that. you were going in? I didn't want it then. I wanted to experience that at some point. I actually think I'm due for another one. That's true, though. Like, I did have this ego death experience the next time I did it. And I'm glad that that happened. Even though it was yeah. horrendous and yeah. most awful pain I've ever been in my life. Yeah. I'm glad it happened, which we'll get to that. Okay. So. So I was this, anxious. Yeah. I went outside. You guys stayed in the house, took your mushrooms. I went outside on the deck and was doing like breathing exercises to calm myself You're listening down. to. I was actually listening to the Euphoria soundtrack. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Just because even though it's so like trippy it's kind of perfect it was comforting to me because i was listening to it every day for a while and i was in that time where i was listening to every day so yeah i was listening to that that one song the jacob alordi montage i mean i'll play y'all the jacob alordi montage song from euphoria that's not it this is it That song is dope. Yes. I want to just say that it was in Joshua Tree, but it was like pretty ideal. It was in a neighborhood, but it was uh, in this really cute Airbnb. And then um, our guide, 
who we on the trip started calling our historian guide. Bo knew, came up with that on the mushrooms. Yeah, knew where these uh, petroglyphs were. And if you are familiar with Joshua Tree, you might be familiar with the petroglyphs. And uh, so that was going to be our journey was we were going to go check out these petroglyphs. And I thought, okay, it's a couple blocks away. See the petroglyphs. Cool. And I go back to the house and I keep having my trip, which is like very like to myself on a couch or something. And it just didn't go that way. It wasn't what I expected. And I think that was exactly what I needed. So you went outside, you were listening to your thing, and then when did it start? When did you start feeling stuff? Maybe what, what started happening? 30 minutes later. Oh, this is my favorite story from this whole thing. Oh, yeah. I was sitting outside in a chair, listening to my music, just waiting for it to kick in. All I remember is about 30 minutes later, I looked to my left, I looked down to my left, and there's a cactus there. And I said out loud, I'm sorry, cactus, I didn't see you there. <laughs> With sincerity, like it with sincerity, it was like you were serious. Oh my god! Yeah, how rude of me! I haven't been talking to you. Well, you didn't even acknowledge the cactus, like you didn't like acknowledge its presence, and you felt that. Yes, it was like, oh, you've been here the whole time. It's like, a cute little cactus. Oh, hey, cactus! It was so sweet. Your little friend. I know my friend. He was um, cute. About around that time, both you and Kim saw the house breathing. Yeah, the house was breathing. Like, expanding and contracting. Really, like, subtly, but it was, like, it had a life. Pretty wild. And then our historian guide friend, our sober friend. Yeah. He said, okay, are y'all ready to go on our adventure and go see the petroglyphs? And I said, yes. And then we started. We start our walk. It's freezing, so we bundle up. Yeah. You had a blanket that was black that you wrapped around yourself. Yeah. And you had a black beanie on, right? Bucket hat. A black bucket hat. And your pants were black. Like, you were in all black. I'll, we'll post a picture for the... I actually drew it, too. You did? A little sketch. Ooh, can we see that? Yeah. Yes. I was in red. My outfit's irrelevant. Bo's outfit is relevant. We'll get to it. And on the way to the petroglyphs... We pass a couch. Yeah, wait, let me just read this because I, I kind of was writing down like the story of what I was going through because it almost felt like a little bit of a movie. Like I created a narrative when I was on the shrooms, which I think it was probably an ego thing. I'm not sure. But uh, I just remember y'all were like really enjoying it at the beginning and I was kind of having a hard time. And it was just interesting because y'all were like loving it and talking and I was kind of like, I just want to get to the petroglyphs. I started like getting obsessed with that. And so in this, uh, I, I wrote, the other two journeymen, I was a king in this scenario. We were all kings going on a pilgrimage. The other two journeymen who the king learned were kings themselves were insufferable, droning on about this and that. What could they say that I could learn from? Let's carry on faster to these petroglyphs. Oh, fuck, a couch. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's amazing. I've never heard that. Yeah. An ugly couch with brown and yellow flowers on the fabric. On the side of the road, cast out because it was so fucking ugly. The king hated that couch. The other two wanted to stop and chat with the couch, but the king wouldn't allow it. One was fascinated by the couch's colors. What colors? Brown? Onward to the petroglyphs. Show us, historian. Where are these ancient writings? Shut up. That is amazing. Because y'all were like, oh, this fucking couch. Bo was just charging ahead like, there were times when you were, 
yards and yards ahead and, of yeah. us. And we were just waddling along. Yeah. Our, our guide was very patient. So he'd want us to stop. And like, if there was a tree or a flower or a rock formation that we thought was really interesting, he would, he would sit and let us like experience it. Nope. No, no rush. But I, I was like on a fucking mission. He would show me a flower and I would just be in awe of it. And I could just stare at it for hours. And when I was growing up, uh, I was always scared of heaven because the idea of it lasting for eternity, it scared me. I was like, that sounds awful. I don't like that. And when I was in this state, I was staring at this flower and I was thinking, oh, I could stare at this flower for eternity and be at peak happiness. So that's, that's kind yeah. of what I was experiencing. And then you were experiencing extreme sh- like stress and frustration. Yeah. And it just got increasingly worse. Someone would be like, oh, check out this tree. And I'd be like, mm-mm, mm-mm. I'd like take a glance at the tree and be like, fuck that tree. Yeah. Hell no. What did you Not say that tree. about some of the plants on the way, though? Oh, yeah. You're like, those leaves are traitors. This branch can't be trusted. Yeah, yeah, can't be trusted. You would say I don't that, trust that tree. over and over. For the most part, like, things were hard for me to look at. And it was, like, scary. It was like being in a horror movie. It felt like the trees in Wizard of Oz, like they were going to grab me or something. It was like, nope. Mm-mm. But we keep going. And the petroglyphs were, like, way further than I thought. I'm not really sure how far they were or how far we walked because we were altered. If I had to guess, it was... 0.75 miles. Yeah, that's way further than I thought it was. But, well, on the mushrooms, though, it felt like years that yeah. we were on this journey. No, it was eons. Like, lifetimes eons, and yes. lifetimes and lifetimes. Like, the, like I lived as long as some stars. Yes. So, we had probably gone half a mile. And I remember looking at you at one point, and I was like, I don't think I could get home. Right before we got to the petroglyphs. You and I sat on a rock. Yeah, I remember that. And I was on the rock first, and I was just having a great time. I was just, like, connecting with the rock. And you came and sat next to me. Yeah. And you were talking shit, remember? Yeah. I think you were, like... I was, like, I think I'm about done. I kind of wish this could stop. Like, what about you or something? I think I said, I need to move away from you. You're negative energy. Yeah, and I was like, that's fair. That was in a really, really dark... That's probably the lowest I was. There's actually a picture of it, I think. No, no that's, not, that's the not the lowest. <laughs> that's not the lowest. That's not the lowest. Yeah, that that com- was getting there, That though. comes later. So we're in this, like, canyon, uh, and it kind of meanders. And then we, we get to the petroglyphs. And I remember we just look at it, and I was like, that's it? Like, I was... It was, like, such a fucking letdown for me. I couldn't believe it. I was like, that, that we journeyed for the, I've been hiking for seriously like 20 years and this is it. So we literally just kept going. We didn't turn back. We kept going. So this canyon's meandering and it's narrowing, closing in on me. And I, I think y'all were loving it. Yeah. The canyon led to a stopping point. There was literally a dead end. Yes. That was like almost a cave. But you were freaking out about how we kept going past the petroglyphs. Yeah. Because you thought, you had in your head, your expectation was, we're going to the petroglyphs and then we're going to come back. And your expectations were not met. We kept going. And that's when 
things took like a way dark turn for you. Yeah, yeah. You just started worse. like freaking out. I was spiraling big time. I'm sure I was annoying. No, you weren't annoying because we were in the most joyful state we've well, ever been. It, yeah, and what was weird is even though I was low and y'all were high, we were all three very connected. Like the guide was separate for yes. all of us. Even though he was a part of the experience with us, it was like not quite. We three were in the same dimensions. Like we were in an alternate dimension. I mean, yeah. we were. And I had thought this is so Trinity-esque because we're all individual people. Yeah. But we all were one. I felt To that. where I knew what you needed, but I knew that it was your journey and there was nothing I could do. Yeah. You just had to be on your journey and yeah. I couldn't intervene. Yeah. It was cool too with the connectivity because our friend or you would say like, you were, you were like, oh my gosh, check out this rock. And I'm like, I, dude, I know what you're going to say. I already know what you're going to say. <laughs> well, like, a specific example is that of that is... Yeah, what was it? Kim was lying on the ground. We were on the ground and there was gravel that she was playing with with her hands. It was like gravelly sand. And she said, underneath the sand is just a giant rock that I'm laying on. Yeah. The ground. Yeah. And we were like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> it blew our minds. It still blows my mind. I know, it does. Um, Kim and I were sitting outside the dead end of the cave. And yeah. you... So it kind of like, it was like kind of brightly lit in a way. I don't know where the sun was. It wasn't like we were in darkness. It, it, it was a canyon. It wasn't like a cave. But there was one kind of outcrove that was had a bit of a roof and it went down just a few feet and it was muddy down there. It was literally muddy. But I went down there and was sitting there by myself wrapped in my black blanket. And that was the lowest you I've were, ever been in You my were life. in the fetal position basically, just knees to chest, hunched over. You had physically separated yourself from us and emotionally and spiritually separated yourself from us because we were all in this same experience and Kim and I were having like the exact same experience basically. And yeah. you, you physically chose to go into the muck. Remember you called the it muck. the muck. I was trying to figure it out. I was trying to figure everything out. And that was to my detriment, I think. Remember you said... And I was in the muck. I'm in the muck. I I'm, I've been in the muck for years. I, no, I was in the muck. I was in that spot as a, uh, like a, warning, like a warning sign for other travelers. That was my purpose, is to sit there in the muck and be a warning for other travelers not to do what I did. It, I think I was there for the amount of time that like a star lives. It was like millions and billions of years. I sat in the muck as this example. 100%. That's what it felt like. That also might have been what it was. Like, I don't know how time works. Yeah, who knows? I think we know for a fact it's bendy and it doesn't make sense and it's well, that's, all over that's the place. That's a scientific fact. Yeah, so you might have been in the muck for eons. Yeah, I don't know. Like in some other dimension. So I started seeing those same symbols on the cave walls. And it was just like something about that just kind of like was like, oh my God. Like I, I went on this journey to go see the symbols, the petroglyphs. And then it wasn't, it didn't do anything for me. It kept going. And then in this cave, I saw the same symbols like in my mind's eye, I suppose. And it was just kind of like 
the internal is what I should be seeking instead of like these external things of mm. these ancient writings or ancient wisdom. It's like, it's not out there necessarily. It can be, but it was like, for me at this moment is I needed to go inside. Mm. But yeah, that was the big thing was y'all were kind of up on the, in the sand and I was down in the muck and I couldn't figure out how, I knew, I said, I said, I know that I just have to stand up and walk over there. Yes. That's what I learned just watching you. Yeah. I was like, oh, so many times in my life I'm in the muck and all I have to do is Yeah, and just, I put myself there. Yes, you No one threw me down there. in the muck. Yes. I decided to go sit in the muck. I just thought, oh my God, how many times do I put myself in the muck in real life? And I'm like, whoa, it's me. No, I can't. You know, yeah. and I just am in my head and I'm stuck in the muck in my head. And then all I have to do is, oh, I can get out of it. Yeah, it reminds me of the shallow level of that. It's the Grumposaurus Rex song. That we do. <laughs> yeah. We have like a little jingle where if you're like really mad or grumpy, you literally just sing this jingle and you kind of just feel silly for being grumpy and it gets you out of the mood and it is just a choice. Because when you're, when you're like, so if Sarah's being grumpy or if I'm being grumpy and Sarah's like, I think you need to sing the song. You, in that moment... I have a conscious decision to either not sing the song and continue to be a grump, or I sing the little jingle and it helps you improve your mood. I think we need to hear the song. I knew you were going to say that. You want to sing it together? Yeah. Grumposaurus Rex I am. Grumposaurus eats grumpy ham. When I'm mad I pout like this. I'm going to scream and shake my fist. And then you're supposed to scream as loud as you can and shake our fast. And you feel so silly and it just brings life into perspective and you're like, this is silly. Yes. And it works. And it is just you simply standing up, getting out of the muck. You can choose to stay in the muck. It's just like it gives you the choice. Anyways, that was the end of that dead end. I don't remember exactly how I got out of there, but I finally had a moment where I got out of the muck. And it, the sun had come out or something, so I was a little warmer, and I didn't have my bucket hat on, and I didn't have the blanket on. And y'all pointed this out to me because I didn't, I didn't notice at all. Well, we looked over at you. You had stood up. You got out of the muck. You took your black bucket hat off in the black blanket that was wrapped around you. Yeah. And you were wearing a white hoodie. Yeah. It was like bright white, and the sun was shining on you. We were like, oh my God, you... We're in the dark. You're in the dark, dingy cave with yeah. all your black like attire on. And then you were just glowing. Like yeah. your skin was glowing. Everything. You were radiating. Yeah. Seriously. And we were amazed by you. Like, you became someone like the flower that we were like, whoa, yeah. you're so beautiful. And I, I think I that. told you, I think I said, you are the most you I've ever seen right now like yeah. you are the truest version of yourself that i've ever seen it was the most bizarre experience so i went from like the darkest moment so it was that turning point and i literally remember there's a picture of me we'll probably put this on the instagram and i was uh had my hand on the wall of the cave the canyon i was thanking it and saying goodbye to that dark place i was in for eons and eons and eons and i walked out of there and the pilgrimage was worth it. Like the pilgrimage gave me what I was hoping for in a way that I didn't expect. 
But that was a lot of your takeaway from your trip too, was not having the expectations. Yeah. And then also not trying to figure stuff out. Not trying to figure stuff out. Analyzing stuff. Yeah. Because you were in turmoil when you were having a plan with the journey. You were having expectations on where we were going, when we were getting there. You couldn't relinquish control. So in real life, I think it helps so much because... Anytime I have like super high expectations about something, like my birthday, and then so and so didn't text me, right? I'm like, Arr. yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it's just like, oh my and god. And then you're trying to figure out why didn't they text me? Yes. Do they not like me? Do they, are they plotting against me? Analysis no. is paralysis. Oh, that's my new and favorite it, saying. And my writing is the same thing, and I'll fall back into all right. Structurally, how can I how can I make this represent this most best? Just Feel it. Feel it. We'll edit later. You know, finish the script or whatever. We'll figure it out. If it doesn't make sense to other people, like maybe we can edit or maybe not. Feeling. And so it's helped me a ton. I still need to practice that. So coming back out of the cave, it was just a there and back journey. Completely different world. So the things that scared me before were beautiful and I could touch them and be with them. And golly, what an experience. Oh, so cool. Um, I had, I was so convinced that I was going to have an ego death trip. Oh yeah. yeah. And it was because usually I bend towards a very critical view of myself and I have to fight that. And so that was part of it where I was like, here it comes. I'm going to get humbled. Yeah. I mean, that was my attitude (laughs) (laughs) and I didn't, I just had the most loving, joyful pure yeah, we're just peace. having so much fun when it was finished i was like wow i'm so thankful for that like i am deserving of love i'm deserving of joy i'm deserving of peace yeah i don't just deserve to be humbled every day yeah that stuff is good too like obviously we learn from it and it came from me eventually <laughs> but, <laughs> but what I needed the most was just a reminder of how how beautiful I am. Yeah. And how wonderful I am. Yeah, that and was great. How just being me is a good thing. Yeah. Like how how I'm good. And that just filled me up with so much light. And it was so transformative to just have a positive experience. I think a lot of times we grow through the hard times in life. Yeah. And that's not always true. Like, we also can grow through positive experiences, you know? So that's kind of what I was learning, was I was transformed by love instead of pain. That's amazing. I think when we were walking back, I was just remembering how we weren't hungry, didn't have to pee. Wild. I wanted to talk about that. We didn't have to pee and we weren't cold. It was freezing. You could choose to be cold. Yes. So I was kind of like, I would get cold on the way there, and then I would be like, oh yeah, that's a choice. And then I would be like, not cold anymore. Boom. Wait, that's actually a really good point. In day-to-day life, I'm so freaking tethered to my mind that I think my mind is me and what I'm experiencing. Yeah. But on the mushrooms, it was completely separate. Right. There was a giant distance between me and my brain 
Right. And so I could choose to go into my brain mm-hmm. and think, How far are I'm we hungry. Away? How far are we away from the house? Yes, I have to pee. Yeah. I am cold. Or I would Separate. go back into me and I was not hungry. I was not cold. Pure peace, when you're in that state, right. you don't want. What's interesting is those times where it's like, oh, I could do this forever. I'm so present. It is so rare for me to feel that when I'm not altered on drugs, when I'm sober. And I do want to practice that more. I just wish I could flip it like a switch. And I do think some people have practiced that and are able to. It's really hard to separate from your brain, from your mind, from your thoughts. But that was the state we were in, is we were just there. That was another thing I learned back at the house before we even started. Yeah. When I was with my friend, the cactus. Right. (laughs) I remember thinking, oh, I would be fine to not go to the petroglyphs. Mm -hmm. I can just stay right here in this chair for the next six hours and I will have a great time. But then we chose to go on the journey. And the whole time during the journey, Kim and I were like, oh, I'm so glad we did this. Like, we could have just stayed at the house. Yeah. And you know what? That would have been so So fun. That would have been great. And that gave me perspective in life where, for example, like people who just stay in the same city for their entire life. I look at them and I'm like, shit on them. You guys just. Shit on Stayed them. there your whole life. How do you even fucking know what life is? Yeah. You know, like whatever. And so the mushrooms helped me look at it as, oh, they just stayed at the house. And, and that's totally fine. It's totally, it was great. It would have yeah. been amazing. It would have been amazing. There's other journeys that people can go on. Just with that example, like people can stay in the same town their whole life, but they can go on the journey of forgiving their step parent totally. or something yeah. like that's yeah. a journey they can have kids we haven't had that journey you nope. know like there's no judgment in that state of the mushrooms either they could build a fence there's just no judgment <laughs> like this example you know like i think judgments yeah. whether they're self-judgments or mm-hmm. judgments of other people obviously is a very low frequency to live at low frequency can you unpack that low vibrations um i mean my understanding and belief in it is when I'm operating at a high frequency and high vibration, I'm opting into gratitude. I am opting into love. I'm like sending love and gratitude vibes out into the universe. And it is like karma and it it comes back to me. Yeah. But then... You're tapped into that at a high frequency, high vibration. Yeah. I see. And then when I'm in a low frequency, low vibration, it just feels like I'm stuck in the muck. And it's yeah, like, you I'm... Chose, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Should we move on to our next trip? Yeah, we did something similar the next time. It was months later. and Six you, months later. Sarah was ready to go back in. We both were. And uh, something similar, we went with a couple. One of them was the babysitter. One of us joined. One of them joined us. And this time we went into the mountains. We went to uh, Idlewild, Cabin in the Mountains. But this time was different. <laughs> yeah, you had a different experience. Mine was very baseline. Not like super high highs or super low lows. It was just very like peaceful and looking at a mountain and admiring the mountain. It wasn't like insane. It, it wasn't as good of a story, I suppose. It's my first one. 
Yeah, I remember asking you about your trip afterwards. Like, what did you learn and stuff? And you had, like, one thing, but mostly you didn't really have much to say. Well, it was... I was just getting, like, a fire hydrant of things. Like, I was just getting hit with truths and beautiful things that I couldn't, like, absorb anything. Because it was just, like, hundreds of lessons. It was just like, I don't know what the hell. So you don't really remember what they were. Right. A lot of it was about like what makes a good teacher and stuff. Do you remember what makes a good teacher? Yeah, let's see. It was... Oh, man. I told y'all afterwards. Wasn't it like that it, they don't teach? They don't teach. They... they Okay, they observe their student and they identify what it is that the student is learning on their own and then they put words to that. Mm. And I thought that really blew my mind because I do think... That is the ultimate teacher. Like teachers should be like some of the most quiet people in the room because they're just listening to students. But it's not like that. It's so luxury, and I don't think that's the most effective teacher. I really connected with that. No, that's good. I like that a lot. Yeah, you had a different experience up in Idlewild. Did Do Do, by the way, Idlewild, their mayor, literally legally, is a golden retriever. (laughs) Amazing. What's his name? Do you remember? Max. (laughs) Max! Just a guess. So the night before we took the mushrooms, I actually did a tarot card reading. And I said, like, what are the mushrooms going to teach me? And the first card I pulled was death. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, no. Bad omen. And the death card, actually, though, I read it. And it it was talking about an ego death. Yeah. It wasn't like, I think when people think the death card in tarot is like, someone is going to die. Yeah. No, it actually is an ego death. (laughs) A great humbling. That's kind of my other word for it. The great humbling. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) Um, I was actually prepared for this one (laughs) to go south. I kind of just thought, all right, I needed that last trip. Now I kind of need this trip, you know? And it wasn't in a self-criticism way. It was just like in a, an awareness way of like, I feel very disconnected to the universe right now. And something drastic needs to like bring me back to connect to myself and yeah. who I am. And it did. I'll try to keep this short. Yeah. I just remember we were sitting on the rocks outside, the three of us. Sarah was like, I have to go to the bathroom like before it kicks in. And then she like, didn't come back <laughs> i never came back and me and my buddy kept looking at each other like you think she's okay and she was not okay <laughs> no what's so funny glad we about had the this, babysitter yes who was so kind she helped me so much i don't think i could have gotten through it without her to be honest she really helped me yeah first of all the purpose of going to idlewild is because i wanted to be in a beautiful area to see the flowers see the rocks and appreciate them on the mushrooms. But I spent the entire six hours of being high curled up in the fetal position inside the cabin. Yeah. I did not go outside. <laughs> so one, yeah, one thing of note, just weather-wise, is it was perfect day. And then a storm rolled in. We're on a mountain. And so we were literally inside of like a storm cloud. And that was quite the experience while peeking on mushrooms. Well, what was bizarre was... And Sarah was inside. My mushroom trip matched the storm. Yeah. So when the lightning and the thunder were at its peak... Rattling. Just like... 
crashing down. It's pouring yeah. rain. That's when my internal darkness trip was also at its peak darkness. Yeah. And then when the storm started to let up, my journey started to let up. When the sun came out, I was finally through it. Yeah. I was, in a way, just so connected with the earth. And actually something that came up was the trees are nervous about the storms. Yeah, a friend brought that up. That was... Yeah, I love that. You could feel the trees getting nervous with the storm coming in, whether it was like they're afraid of being cold or they're afraid of the lightning. And it was was, interesting. It was a fear of like, we know we're going to get through it, but it's going to be hard. Yeah. yeah. We've been here before. We've been trees before. We've had storms happen to us before, but it's never fun and it's never easy. Yeah. And we're a little scared right now. Um, So first off... Someone had told me before I did the mushrooms that they had taken mushrooms, it made them sick, and they threw them up almost immediately after. And because they threw them up, it was out of their system. Yeah. And so they didn't have a mushroom. They were actually really bummed. They like went out to a specific place to have this experience, only brought one dose, threw it up, and then didn't get high and was like, damn it. Yeah. So they kind (laughs) of ruined it and was like, oh, well, not, not high, not doing it. So I took the mushrooms. I went outside with you guys, sat on the rock. It was probably about 15, maybe 20 minutes. And then I started to feel sick. I started to feel nauseous. So I went inside. I was like, okay, I feel nauseous. I think I'm just going to have to throw these up. Yeah. And I'm just going to not do this trip. And so I go in the bathroom and nothing's coming. I'm not, I don't have to throw up. Right. I went out and I told my friend who was in the cabin, she was sober, and I was telling her, hey, I'm actually going to make yourself throw and up. make myself throw up. So if you hear me doing that, like, I just need to throw these up because yeah. I feel so incredibly Abort. nauseous. Abort, Fuck Abort this. mission. Yeah. So I told her that. I went in there. I tried to just gag myself and, like, throw up. Yeah. And nothing happened. Nothing was coming. And then the panic just set in where I realized now you're inside the horror film that I was in yes you would think even though I knew it was coming like it was so not what I thought it was yeah that I didn't know that that was part of the bad trip like it was definitely different than mine and definitely worse than mine I went out to my friend again and I was like I think I just need to throw them up and then I won't be in this trip anymore and she goes sweetie I think you're in the trip like, I yeah. think it's too late. I think you just got to let it be Because it had been like 40, be 45 minutes by that point. And yes. it's like, it's over. I yeah. knew she was right. And I just went and laid down on the floor and yeah. just curled up into a ball and just laid there. Golly. I was already learning lessons at that point. And the first lesson that hit me was I experienced discomfort, the discomfort of nausea. And my first reaction was, I need to immediately get out of this. I need to immediately make myself find comfort again. Yeah. And I was already learning, how often do I do that in my regular life where I just want to be comfortable all the time? Yes, Pastor. (laughs) Have you ever, have you ever been in a position where you feel uncomfortable and you want to get out of it? And you say, God, God, help me. Yes, pastor. Okay. 
I'm not trying to... Do I sound like I'm preaching to Sarah? No, it was just one thing you said was like reminding me of a I very don't. particular person that <laughs> preaches. I don't want to... I, 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 I sometimes feel that... I say I, I, I because it's, I'm just not coming up with this. I haven't rehearsed it five times. I, 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 I feel like sometimes I, I don't want to actually just sit in the discomfort and be with God. Does anybody feel me? Please clap. <laughs> I'm dead. Okay, I do now, not want to sound I'm like a pastor. I'm picturing a church where someone just does a mushroom <laughs> And then the next day they're like, All right! <laughs> I tried to throw up the mushrooms. I said, God! All right. Get my flowers! Okay, wait. Do we have to tell that story? I gotta tell that you story. You gotta tell the Game of Thrones story. Real quick bunny rabbit trail. <laughs> BRT. BRT. Gosh, I hate myself. BRT. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. I was dating Sarah, and I was watching Game of Thrones as a Christian back when we were Christians. This and, was in uh, college. This yeah, was in years college. Years ago. And, uh, you know, Game of Thrones has a lot of nudity and stuff, and it did make me uncomfortable, and I felt a little ashamed about it and all that. And I go to Sarah's church in Fayetteville when I'm visiting from out of town. And the entire sermon is about how you shouldn't be watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> and Sarah doesn't watch Game of Thrones. And she wasn't really like looking at me like, mm-hmm. But she was like, we all knew that I, I watched was. Game of yeah, Thrones. Yeah, I kind of, I feel like I kind of was and at it, that point. And yeah, his, his like voice and his vernacular when he was talking about it. Everybody's out there watching Game of Thrones! <laughs> it's so early, my poor neighbors. <laughs> Game of Thrones! You watch Game of Thrones! <laughs> so this guy we watch, is a maniac. Like, we just watched House of Dragon, and we always were like, Game of Thrones! Game of Thrones! It gets progressively more absurd. Yeah. Alright, that was my discomfort lesson. Next... The entire course of what I'm about to describe does take place on the floor of the cabin, eyes closed, fetal position, for mm-hmm. six hours. Six yeah. hours. That's six inch ribbon curls, sweetie. Six inches. Did you not know uh, that? Princess that's Diaries. That? No! Uh, 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 whoa, whoa, I got this. Uh, that's, uh, um, that is um, Legally Blonde. Elf. Fuck. Elf. So after that lesson hit me, I had my eyes closed, but I could just saw like bright, bright, bright orange. And I realized I was in my mother's womb. I was in a womb. Wild. And I was a baby. And I was still extremely nauseous. I was nauseous the entire time as well. But I was able to go into this space of warmth and love and create that feeling of safety in my own body. And that's a huge lesson that I learned. I can create safety in my body, you know? Yeah. Then... I was born into the world (laughs) and I was out of the womb and that's when I was seeing darkness. I was seeing black and the pitch black was like a cloud and I knew that that was my ego and I couldn't find myself and at one point the cloud parted so I could see my hand reaching up like I was falling and I was reaching up for me to like save myself and grab me. Yeah. And I couldn't do anything. I was stuck in the cloud. I was stuck in my ego. I know that I need to connect to myself 
and I don't know how. I'm absolutely trapped. That's terrifying. It was terrifying. No, Pastor. <laughs> nope. No. There were two things in my life, I won't really get into them, but two things that I realized were pretty sad. Like, I don't want to say tra One is like a tragedy kind of. Definitely. Yeah, one is a tragedy. One is like half half a tragedy. And I had really not let myself feel my sadness about those things. I had just helped comfort everybody else that was involved and everybody else that was feeling sad about it. I was trying to stay strong for them, help comfort all of them. And I had this very like, I'm okay, I'm totally fine. I'd never just let myself cry and be sad about it. So when the thunder and the lightning was like at its peak, I just start bawling, grieving those two things. And I finally just let myself recognize I am very sad mm -hmm. about this and I'm not okay. I feel heavy carrying this weight of these sad circumstances. Right. And not letting myself release them. Yeah. So I had finally kind of got to this point where I let myself feel and cry. And then I was able to grab my hand like through the ego cloud thing. Yeah. I was able to grab my hand and slowly over like an hour, I pulled myself up and myself became bigger and bigger. It eventually was this bright purple light and it became so big that it was like no longer am I in, trapped in my ego. Now I'm in me again. And my ego, I turned to it and I said, thank you for your time. You can now sit in the back seat. Now I'm going to be in the driver's seat. Wow. Then I had one of the biggest revelations of my life. Go on. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Which I'm actually just now realizing it was after I was back connected to myself mm -hmm. that I was able to see this clearly and I had clarity. This happened a year ago. So two years prior to that, Bo and I were pretty unclear on if we wanted to have kids or not. Yeah, on the fence. Like could see a life where we don't. Could see a life where we do. You might have leaned a little bit towards having kids. Right. I leaned a little bit towards not having kids. The thought of the trip showing me something about if I wanted kids or not, not in my head at all. Like that was, it came out of left field. After I had connected to myself, the mushrooms, they basically identified the real reason, the real fear of me not wanting kids. And the mushrooms basically told me, you do want kids. You're just afraid you're not going to be a good mom. Wow. And they also said, I want to reassure you that not only are you going to be an amazing mom, you're going to be friends with your kids too. And I just started crying and crying. And this time it was like tears of relief yeah. and tears of clarity because 
that was a fear that I had never actually named. When I right. would talk to my friends about, do we want kids or not? It was like, oh, well, it costs money, blah, blah, blah. Never once did I verbalize, I'm afraid I'm not going to be a good mom. But the mushrooms truly brought such comfort to that fear. Mm-hmm. And at this point, the sun had come out. You guys were kind of done with your trips. Like all of our trips were kind of ending. Mm-hmm. And I was reunited with you. And we both were like, what did you learn? Like, where have you been? Yeah, Tell yes. me everything. And I told, I just looked at you and I said, I do want to have kids. And you were like, what? Yeah, out of nowhere, like you said. Wasn't expecting that either. What was your feeling when I said that? Instantly fear. Really? Yeah. Because it was like I've always been the one kind of leaning towards having them. And you've always, well, not always, but recently, recently up to that point, you'd been like, I don't know. So it was kind of like safe, like, well, it's not going to happen. Because Sarah didn't really want to yet. And then you were like, I'm kind of like down. And then it was like, oh, shit. Then it was like the thought of actually doing it. And I, my, my first thought was fear, for sure. Do you still feel that way? Uh, yeah. Not 100%, but there's fear, there's excitement, there's I want it, and all that stuff. But yeah, there's still a ton of fear. We have some pretty nice life here. We do. <laughs> Arrow uh, is our kid for now. He's our interim yeah. kid. He's our kid. I have one other thing to say about mushrooms. I was writing yesterday, and I uh, started writing this one sequence. It's very like personal film that's about like inside and stuff and um this sequence i literally titled it psychedelic nightmare sequence Mm. and i like started trying to write it and i was like i think i'm gonna do a trip like a really high dose mushroom trip with the sole purpose of writing the psychedelic nightmare sequence oh my god so i'm kind of like trying to willingly go into the darkness of the bad side of the psychedelics, not the bad, but the scary side, because I kind of want some ideas. Would you have a pen and paper and like write as yeah. you go? Uh, yeah, I would. I would have like a notepad, and I would like just like write ideas like as I'm tripping. That's good. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what that's like. I right. wonder what you'll have because. You're going in I know. thinking it's, it's going to be like gonna beautiful be... and I'm like, damn it, yeah. I want it to be awful. But maybe that's what you need. Like maybe you'll have clarity of yeah. the scene through just a totally peaceful trip. Totally. You just never know. But yes, psychedelics are great. Did that, did a few LSD trips after that. LSD is also awesome. It's actually pretty different for me, but still uh, kind of experimenting and exploring. Yeah, I think. It's not the end all be all for me. It's not like. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna do this every month. But no, I after dig it. that time, I was I like, do, I can okay. see myself <laughs> stopping and being like, Yeah, I used to do a bunch of trips, and now I don't as much. Right. Someday. Well, just phases, seasons. Yeah, it's a like, season of like. Sometimes you're yoga. Is what they call it, like where you just are exploring the the spiritual realm or whatever you want to call that. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, some people obviously do mushrooms to go to Coachella. 
Right. You know, right. and that's bizarre to me. I know, and I think a lot of times your intention LSD does influence sense. the trip. Like both of our intentions always were to have some sort of spiritual connection, some sort of healing experience, transformation. Yeah. And we definitely got that out of them. But I think if you just do mushrooms, like, to go to a wedding or something, it doesn't quite work that way. Right. They do say um, there's no such thing as a bad trip. They do say that. They do. Whoever they. they is. They say that because... You know, Bo and I both had these really difficult trips, but they were super transformable. Yeah, transformational. Yeah. I really value that experience. And yeah. I think you do too, even though yours was horrible. I do value it. Would you do it again soon? Or? <laughs> so it's been a little over a year since I did that, and I was definitely scarred. I was like, never am I doing that again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm open more now. I think... I would want to do half a dose and not as strong as yeah. a dose. Just tap back into that mindset of being present without like... Mushrooms are just like, they pull you places that you don't want to go. And you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you don't have a choice. And LSD, it was draining. Like the next day, it felt like I was hit by a bus. Like mm-hmm. I was exhausted. Yeah. And it's not as bad on a half dose. You feel fine. And starving. I was starving. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Anything else? Uh, I mean, I could talk about it forever, but I think that's a pretty good... Um, I don't, yeah, I think that's... Game of Thrones! <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm satisfied. You're satisfied? Yeah, I think that's it. Okay, so um, how, do we, how do we park this thing? Put it in park. Skirt! Skirt! Like that? Yeah. All right. Skirt. Skirt.